Fantasy Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter feed, on our Instagram, and hit us up on TikTok uh, as well. Got to thank our sponsors because they truly do make it happen for us and they help out you guys with Wilson County Hyundai uh, making uh, or helping you out getting your new ride simply by going to see what they have in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, plus Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you, fbhp.com slash ATOZ. I see Orlando's. Uh, comment. He says 34 hours until NFL football. That's fantastic. And I, I, I think everybody's excited uh, for the Bills Rams season opener to get here. Uh, and then Sunday will be fun too, because Titans fans and us, we get to watch the noon kickoff slate uh, before uh, diving into Titans giants at three twenty-five kickoff. And Zach, all of the preseason for the Tennessee Titans has been really about Malik Willis and his three starts, him winning the backup job over Logan Woodside, the Titans not needing to keep three quarterbacks. They kept two on the active roster with Logan Woodside being signed to the practice squad. Now it's the regular season. It is game week. The Titans are preparing for the Giants 100% of the way. What happens with Malik Willis now? Like, Does he just fall back into the shadows or did he do something? Did he do enough? to earn him a different type of game day role than most backup quarterbacks typically had because of the skill set he showed off. What's your overall opinion on, on Malik Willis right here? Well, you, let's look at the rookie quarterbacks. Matt Corral, we'll just eliminate him because he got hurt in the preseason. He's out for the season with a Liz Frank injury. So he's gone. Kenny Pickett came into this season, I think, competing for a starting job against Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky early on in mini camps and OTAs, I think, got a head start. And, I, you know, rumors around the, the Steelers camp that he was the leader in the clubhouse going into training camp. He ended up winning that job. Kenny Pickett did not. Now, how long of a leash will Mitch Trubisky get? I, I have no idea. We'll find that out early on in the season. Then you've got... Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, right? So Ritter was competing against uh, one guy that we know pretty well, which is Marcus Mariota, but felt like Arthur Smith had already kind of wanted Marcus Mariota to win the job. So I don't think Desmond Ritter really, I don't want to say he had an opportunity, but he was pretty much tabbed for the number two guy. Malik Willis was the unique, I think, part of this particular rookie quarterback draft class is because he had to beat out Logan Woodside. Logan Woodside was the number two and Logan Woodside had been the number two for the last two years. He had created a rapport within Ryan Tannehill or with Ryan Tannehill. He had known the offense, you know, over the last you know two seasons, he knew how things worked. He, he had that ability, but he didn't have the playmaking ability that we saw from Malik Willis. I was super impressed with what Malik Willis did, I guess, overall on the preseason. But I really think his improvement from week one to week two to week three of the preseason combined with how bad Logan Woodside played. Now, granted, you know, 
Malik Willis started all three games. That was unique, right? It wasn't equal opportunity. We talked a lot about that. Yeah. And then Logan Woodside had multiple interceptions, multiple underthrown balls. He wasn't playing with the same guys, but too bad, so sad. That's the NFL. Malik Willis earned, was not given, earned the number two quarterback job. He was never going to compete with Ryan Tannehill, especially with how, how Tannehill had uh, you know, his performance throughout training camp, as you and Sam noted the last several weeks, but Malik Willis, man, I think he impressed not only a lot of media members and fans. I think he impressed the coaching staff with this guy may be the guy that fell from round one to two to three right into the Titans lap. Yeah. And you know, now there's a lot less pressure on Malik Willis because of dropping from potentially 26 uh, to 86 overall in the NFL draft. And and so I, I do think that is, you know, good for Malik Willis and his project and his projections and the development of his NFL career. But I, I still don't think Malik Willis has a game day role with the Titans this year. As exciting as he was, and as promising as you like the growth curve as it looks now, I still think Ryan Tannehill is the only quarterback that gives you an opportunity to reach your goals. Uh, and I, you know, so I don't know what this, what a potential special package could look like for Malik Willis in a game, but I still think Ryan Tannehill is the ride or die quarterback for this season. Now the, the conversation of, you know, if Tannehill goes down, who, who starts the next week? Is it, uh, is it uh, Willis or Woodside? That's been settled. It's obviously Malik Willis. If there's an injury to Ryan Tannehill, but if Ryan, as long as Ryan Tannehill is healthy, he needs to be taking uh, the snaps here in Nashville as the starting quarterback moving forward. And that's just my opinion, as much as you can like what Malik Willis has done. Didn't Malik Willis show you something that you had no idea that he had in him against no. NFL talent? No, no. I mean, he showed me exactly what I thought he would be after what he was at Liberty. No way. You, you said that, that wrong, Austin. You literally said before preseason that they were going to carry three quarterbacks and he was not even going to be the number two. He was going to be an active for the entire season. So you can't sit there. He on. had to have shocked you. He had no. to have. You literally I, said he was going to be inactive the entire season. I, I I said he would be inactive to start week one. That was my opinion at the time. Malik Willis got better throughout training camp. So when I get new information, my information and opinion changes. And so obviously it was the right decision to cut. But Logan new, no, but the problem oh, what we're talking about is the new information should have surprised you because you no. thought he was going to be inactive. No, 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 no. Because you you said didn't Malik Willis show you something in preseason that surprised you? No. He didn't, so he, hold on. He run stop. against Arizona? Jack, that's something. Why did the Titans pull him? The Titans pulled him because. They didn't pull him was, in Arizona. They pulled him in Baltimore. <laughs> okay. Why they pulled him in Baltimore was because he wasn't throwing the football. He like, they, everybody knew that Malik Willis could run the ball. That's nothing new. That's the point is that you knew that that was going to be his skill set coming into Liberty. It's can he throw from inside the pocket consistently on time and make the right reads, the right throws on time and complete the passes. And while he improved a ton in order to beat out Logan Woodside so clearly, he still has a far way to go before he takes reps away from Ryan Tannehill. 
Jake brings up, did the sidearm ability surprise you? You said no, nothing surprised I, you. Nothing surprised nothing you? Nothing I saw him do in a preseason game surprised me. You know why, Zach? Because I saw him throw sidearm in practice for three months. Like, so of course. But he with a man in his face hitting him right in the grill and I mean, putting a dart on Traylon Burks for a touchdown. You are downplaying this to no end. This no, makes just, no, no sense based Zach, on where you asking, are and where you are now. You're asking if he surprised me with what he did in the preseason games. Because remember, that was one of the things forward. he did. Because going right into the first preseason game against Baltimore, I said Malik Willis is probably going to look way better in live action than he ever will in practice. That is what I said going into that game. And what happened? Yeah, when live bullets are flying in the preseason, Malik Willis definitely looks a lot better than he does in practice. That's what I've been consistent with. But did he surprise me with his play? No, because I knew he could run. The Titans knew he could run. That's not surprising. It's Did he make really impressive plays? Yes. Like, I'm not denying that. Did but I, I'm not do, I said, did anything surprise you? I didn't say his running ability. I said, did anything surprise you when uh, in the preseason games? And you have to say yes based on your opinion prior okay. to seeing anything his, his, that he was going to be inactive okay. and his, they were going to carry three quarterbacks all year. That's the point. His growth over the month plus a training camp, yeah, that 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 was good. That was surprising. That was yes. Su there we okay. go. All right, but there nothing he did in a game was that surprising to me. <laughs> I, it was just what I thought he was going to do. All right, let's get to this question. I don't necessarily think that that makes sense, but let's see if this question makes sense to the chat. Should the Titans use Malik Willis in a special special package this season? So should the Titans use Malik Willis in a special package this season? That means not starting, not coming in for Ryan Tannehill because of injury. That is a special package. We've seen it before in the NFL. I think we all know what a special package is. Should the Titans use Malik Willis based on what we saw and based on him winning the number two job? That's the question in the chat. We will get to your answers shortly. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's FBHP.com. That's FBHP.com slash A to Z. Better coverage, better rates, better service. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. I switched you should switch. And it was a great, great plan and a great deal that I switched because I save 20% each month on my plan. My previous plan was not giving me the best coverage that I needed. This plan does. Farm Bureau Health, Health Plans has been around for a very long time. They've been reliable for a very long time. Better coverage, better rates, better service. Visit fbhp.com slash A to Z. You can go online. They'll give you a quick 20 to 30 minute health assessment, then give you a quote, and then you'll realize, wow, I should have switched a long time ago. That's fbhp.com slash A to Z. All right, don't forget, when you are a current user of the BetMGM app, they have Major League Baseball one-game parlay insurance, which means you place any one-game parlay on Major League Baseball today, uh, four legs or more, or any, really any day, throughout the regular season, four legs or more, and you get up to 25 bucks back when your one-game parlay falls just one leg short. That is with the BetMGM app. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only. All promotions, set qualifications, other requirements. Wars issued with knowledge of all free bets. Credit for bets for five, seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 
97-89. The question here uh, that we're asking, Zach, I'll send you to the chat. Should the Titans use Malik Willis uh, in a special package this season? What are the people saying? Well, first of all, and I agree with Eric, the growth was very surprising for me of preseason one to preseason three. I thought he grew. Now, can he grow more? Absolutely. He's just a rookie. But should the Titans use a special package this season? Seth is going with yes. Only Memphis is going with no. Orlando goes yes. Tyler says they did it with Marcus. They should do it with Malik. Dominic says yes. Vincent says they should. Jake with a yes. Nate with a yes. Yes from Lou Man package trade deal. I don't understand no, what Lou that Man's means. just off on his rocker again. Um, uh, John says no. No need to risk him, uh, his biggest threat, which is legs. Save him for when the, uh, his time is up. So John has that opinion. Let's see. Mega says yes. Eventually yes from Mark. So Mark, I would ask eventually this season or eventually next season? Because you never know. Tannehill still has two year, years left to go on his deal. Jarrell says, unfortunately, no. J Jason says, absolutely. Eric says, no. Daniel says, yes. Sam says, yes, in the right situation. Steven says, yes, better than doing nothing. After the buy, maybe, from Johnny. So he's going, yes. Jarvis says, yes. Karen says, yes. Deborah says, yes. Yes, but not this week from Roy. This week is week one against the Giants. Um Let's see, a handful of times maybe from Mega coming in and clarifying his answer or his or her answer. Uh, Tighten Up says no. Eddie says yes. Tiffany says yes. JJ says no. So there I think is – they're sprinkled in some no's. But I think overall the chat believes that he they should. There is more no's than I thought, but there's a lot of yeses. Right. So – Look, this is a yes or no question, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily allow for as much nuance and conversation between. So my, my official answer is no, but I'm also not going to be stubborn enough to not understand when a situation might change throughout a long 17 game NFL season where it will make sense to use Malik Willis in a special package if certain things uh, are necessary. Right. But overall, give me an example. Um, uh, Ryan Tannehill and this offense overall starts to struggle. Like if the offensive line protection can't hold up for a traditional style passing game, uh, if there are significant injuries to the wide receiver group or pass catchers that limit their ability to perform, uh, th those type of things. Like if Derrick Henry uh, again is limited for whatever reason, like things that pop up mostly injury related or if just Ryan Tannehill just regresses, which I don't yeah, I think we all think if Ryan Tannehill, if they start out uh five and eight or five and seven, and they're at that point in the season, of course yeah. Malik Willis is gonna play. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking advantage of Malik Willis's talents to score or create big plays within the offense against their competition. Right. Which and right now I say no because there's not a reason to. That right now, Ryan Tannehill, I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is as dynamic of a runner as Malik Willis, but Malik Willis is a significant drop off for a, from a passing standpoint than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not as big of a drop off in a running standing point than uh, Malik Willis is the Tannehill passing, if that makes sense. So I, 
I think that there is, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to take Tannehill off the field because you're going to, you know, tip off the defense of something special you could do. Like Ryan Tannehill, I think, could run any type of gadget play that the Titans could draw up on the whiteboard for Malik Willis. Would it be as dynamic as Malik? Probably not. But it might be 80% as dynamic as Malik, which I think having Tannehill run that play still puts the defense in a more of a stressful situation because their ears are not, you know, perked up to it. So I don't, and Wildcat Willis, as Josh Bowman says, you know, I think the Titans are going to still use Derrick Henry in the King Cat formation at times throughout the year. But Ryan Tannehill has 14 rushing touchdowns in the last two seasons. His legs are legit. He's really good at the goal line running. You know, he had the 45-yard touchdown run in the snow in Green Bay a couple years ago. So he's got long speed and he has the ability to pick up first downs with his legs all over the field or touchdowns uh, just, you know, like Malik Willis can. And so I just don't think there's any need for it at this point. I think Malik Willis needs to prepare in practice like he's going to be the starter so that they can have, so he can continue to progress because this year is about Ryan Tannehill on the field. And it's about Malik Willis from Wednesday to Saturday. And if Malik Willis is doing his job from Wednesday to Saturday, then the Titans are setting themselves up for a a positive future. He can do both. So that's where that's my, and I understand I understand your opinion. I, this this opinion I do understand. And you want to run the offense as you've set it up. That's how you think about it, right? With Ryan Tannehill, with your traditional pieces. But I think that Malik Willis has changed the mindsets of too many people. And he's a shiny new toy. I mean, you and the toy works a lot better than maybe you once thought because of what you saw in preseason is his playmaking ability, his gamesmanship of when he's on the field, he can make guys miss, right? I do believe that there should, and my prediction, I I don't know any inside information regarding this topic, but I do think that they will. I think we will see Malik Willis in on special, special packages. And I think that goes to, Mike Vrabel's coaching style. He's an aggressive head coach, and I think he's willing to kind of do whatever it takes to keep defenses on their toes. That is the cat and mouse game of football. I think Malik Willis can do that in many ways. You put Malik Willis and Derrick Henry in the backfield on a third down or a second down or a first down, I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't think that it will get fans riled up and say, hey, we want Malik Willis as a starting quarterback. I think the goal of it is to create a wrinkle. And here's the other thing on the reason why I think they should do it. I don't think they should do it 15 times, but I do think that they should do it. If they do it five, the first two is set up for the last three. So you're setting people and defenses up to say, okay, what do we do here? Oh, Ryan Tannehill is actually out wide. And Ryan Tannehill is going to run a little bit harder than Jake Cutler did in Miami (laughs) the years that they split his ass out wide, right? So I think you have this team mentality that Mike Vrabel is very good at getting out of his roster to say, all hands on deck, let's put our guys in the best position to succeed and to utilize all of their attributes 
no matter what it takes. Malik Willis being on the field is not, you know, it doesn't mean anything in regards to Ryan Tannehill's job. It's trying to go win a football game. And I think that's what John Robinson and Mike Vrabel together have kind of stated and put their stake or their sword in the ground when they arrived is it doesn't matter. We're going to try to win the football game if we need to be cute and do trickeration and have Kevin Byard throw a pass on a fake punt, we'll do it. If it needs to be traditional, we'll do that as well. So I think they should. And I expect Malik Willis to be in some sort of package this year. And I think that they can take advantage. And if you steal points or a big play or get three, you know, get a field goal opportunity off of it, man, that's a real big success. Yeah, and so uh, James says, FYI, this exists in the Titans' playbook. Did it with Mariota in Baltimore when Henry threw the touchdown pass. Uh, to I guess that's the Corey Davis jump touchdown pass um, in the playoffs when Mariota yeah. was wide open, right? They're notorious. That's why yeah, I, I mean, think that they should and they will. I, I, I think that was more of a reward for Marcus Mariota staying as engaged as he did after losing the starting job that season like and again like I think I think Mike Vrabel is open-minded when it comes to things like this but I also think he is he is privy to rewarding players when he thinks they need to be rewarded now he's not going to give Des Fitzpatrick an offseason award and then automatically give him a roster spot like he still they still cut Des Fitzpatrick after he won the offseason award for whatever that was but again like and that was Arthur Smith's playbook as Eric brings up but I think Mike Vrabel still has that, and they still have that uh, in their holster if they need it. I just don't think there's a need for it. Now, again, I'm not going to be stubborn by this. I, I, I think there's absolutely zero point to do it against the New York Giants. Zero point. It's you. I think there's zero point to do it, as somebody said before the bye week, because uh, we've got our Titan schedule graphic up here that we can always pull up as being handy. I mean, I think you you don't need to do anything, uh, and maybe here's something I would be okay with. You play the Colts in Indy week four in uh, against them, and then you come back after the bye week, you see Indy again. Maybe it's something that you hold the first time against the Colts and you use it the second time against the Colts in a game that you got to win, depending on the season situation and all that, right? So I'm not going to be stubborn and say it's stupid to do it. I just think it needs to be very intentional with the purpose of it. Because again, Ryan Tannehill can execute a lot of these things that Malik Willis would be asked to execute and Ryan Tannehill is a better NFL quarterback. So I, my logic says, why would I take the better quarterback off the field for this thing that might be fun? Right. That, that just doesn't make a lot no, of, no, no, no. it's not fun. There no fun, sir. This is to execute. This is to out scheme. This is to keep the defenses at on their heels so you can take advantage and win football games. So no fun, sir. This is not fun, right? So we can't – it may be fun to watch and fun for fans, but that – don't get that misconstrued. They're not doing that to have fun. I, I'm thinking Fair. from my from my perspective. But it, you, you, it's NFL coaches and football coaches sometimes have a tendency to try to get too cute. And we've seen it happen with – you know, this coaching staff under Mike Vrabel with Arthur Smith, and, you know, they definitely tried to get too cute uh, sometimes with Todd Downing last year with the the bubble screens that just didn't work. I just don't know 
what you're gaining from this other than throwing Malik out there as a, pot- a potential wild card. I just think Ryan Tannehill can po- do the same thing. Wild cards, you don't know what happens. And wild cards sometimes work out very nicely and you learn a little bit more about wild cards. And then Some- you start playing wild cards more, right? Like that's that's the point of football. I, I think there's... So I, I've chosen my side of the argument, which I, I've been on for a long, long time. That I've always felt, regardless, I mean, Malik Willis was going to make the roster. He was. There's no way he's going to get cut. I felt sure. like they could, they were, they could, and probably would have the opportunity to do this, kind of regardless of his preseason. I think he's. You will see number seven in a live play this season. Other than what we talked Mop about at the beginning of the conversation, right? That's a nuance. Yeah. Like if the Titans are beating the Jags by 18 points in the fourth quarter, like, yeah, go get Woodside Malik would go in, right? Yeah. I mean, there was times where that happened. So here's two things that I think, I guess would this would support more of your argument. Jarrell agrees, and Jarrell said no to start. So yes. he agreed with you, Austin. And it brings up the Tannehill isn't a statue. Tannehill's running ability is much different than Malik Willis's, though. It is. And Malik Willis is more athletic. Brian Tannehill is athletic. I, yeah, I don't deny that. Is athletic. But Malik Willis is more athletic. He's younger. I mean, there's all these type of things. Here would be my one thing that could prevent the Titans from doing this at all. And that is they don't want to just run Malik Willis. They want him to pass. Yeah. And so... In the majority, I don't want to say all, in the majority of these wildcat or special special, package plays, you're running the football. You're not necessarily passing. Not all. I mean, we saw, you know, Derrick Henry throw to Corey Davis. I thought that was was well executed and, and brought up. But I don't think that that's going to be a deterrent. But maybe you could argue that. I think you have to look at Malik Willis's skill and ask, can he help your team? If the answer is yes, you find a way to put him on the football field. Right. And so it's, can he help your team this year? Yeah, probably. Would that create bad habits? Like, a couple what, of plays, no. Well, Five that, plays, again, no. But again, Ten yeah, plays, no. Sure. But again, like what you're saying is, you're right, is the fact that most of these special package plays could be all about uh, running the football and centered around a run option or a run threat for Willis. And so you don't want him to get, you know, so caught up in I'm in here to run the ball or run this gadget play. And again, I I agree. I think he can multitask. I I think he can, you know, get ready for a special package and also understand the, the entire game plan as well. Like I think he's a smart guy. Uh, I just don't necessarily think there's I'll say this. The biggest benefit that Malik Willis will gain from this season is, well, it's two things. It's not the special packages. Those are stuff that they're going to put Malik Willis in positions to thrive and succeed based on the knowledge of his game. But the two things are during the week and when Ryan Tannehill comes off the field on a third down and they get out that Microsoft tablet and they sit down together and Malik Willis is having a conversation with Ryan Tannehill based on what he saw. Because now Malik Willis can see what he didn't see in Baltimore with Traylon Burks streaking down. Go back and watch the film, A to Z Sports Film Room. You can go there, literally, 
YouTube, go to the Malik Willis features. We got a, a ton of them. But our guy, James Foster, goes through and, and kind of diagnoses what Malik Willis, you can't do that always on the field. So the two benefit during the week preparation and when Tannehill runs off the field on third down and, and, and they punt, how do you sit down on the bench and say, all right, if Malik is starting to see that, that's where you're throwing the football, right? You're not looking for running lanes as a quarterback. You're looking for passing lanes. So, and, and as much as Malik Willis improved throughout the training camp and preseason process, he is still not ready to take the lion's share of NFL quarterback snaps. He's I don't just think not ready. anybody has said that, right? Right, right. And so, again, I don't think – I just don't find the overwhelming benefit – to pulling Tannehill off the field for a meaningful snap and putting Malik Willis in, you know, it's it, to me, it's trying to outthink yourself or try to be the smartest guy in the room. And typically when people try to be the smartest person in the room, uh, they look silly. But what uh, if, as, if it does work? Look, if it does work, then okay. Congratulations. And, and build on it maybe. And again, I, I'm not stubborn to saying maybe the second t- time against the Colts, you add that. Because you play them the first time and didn't use it. Like, that makes football sense, right? Um, so, anyway. But that's how they're going to use it. They're going to use it when it makes football sense. Okay, I think we would all, the chat included and you, and I don't usually speak for anybody in this sense, but if Malik Willis is in a play against the New York Giants on Sunday, won't we all be shocked? Yeah, in a in a meaningful snap. Like, when the game is still on the line, right? Yes. That, I think we would all be that fine. would be something. Yeah. But I yeah. think, so I think this is kind of why I brought that up. I also think that sets the tone that Malik Willis is not a threat to Ryan Tannehill. We've been doing this all year, right? So I am not out on Malik Willis playing in a meaningful snap against the Giants on Sunday to set a tone and say, Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback, but Malik Willis will get snaps when we feel it is necessary. I would actually love that. No, don't waste that against the... If you do have that trick up your sleeve, don't waste it against the Giants, an NFC opponent that honestly... You can play it a couple of different ways, though, right? Yeah, but again, like the the Titans could lose that game and it ultimately won't hurt them that much because it's an NFC opponent. And so, you know, you don't use that in that type of matchup, I just don't think that would be the right thing to do. Now, Tennessee and Titan says, are we ever going to mention how much cap space Tannehill is taking up and also when his contract goes up? Oh, we, we spent the entire months of February, March, and April talking about Ryan Tannehill's contract uh, situation, but it is September now and it is game week. So we're going to keep rolling with the football situations. So Zach, let's go ahead and get to this depth chart conversation and what, I think surprised some people, but not necessarily completely surprising, is that uh, a rookie beating out a first ra- former first-round draft pick. Roger McCreary beats out Caleb Farley for a starting cornerback job. Is this a big deal, small deal, or a no deal? Big deal, small deal, no deal for Roger McCreary beating out Caleb Farley for a starting job on the defense. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever uh, you get hurt in life, you have to know where to go to and where you can get back to health. 
that is with the people at Bone and Joint Institute. Over a dozen doctors there at their Franklin facility who specialize in any type and every type of injury you could possibly have on or off the field in life and, and really wherever. So check them out, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. Look at that promo code right there on the screen, A-T-O-Z Sports. That is the promo code for BetMGM. Download the app today in your Apple or Android store. Today, BetMGM, Major League Baseball, one-game parlay insurance. Get up to $25 back when you're major, when Major League Baseball. You get a one-game parlay of four legs. If one of them falls short, if one leg falls short, you get $25 worth of insurance. You get that $25 free bet. That is clutch when it comes to BetMGM. Download the app today. That's code A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S. All one word, no spaces. That's BetMGM. All right, so the unofficial depth chart for the Titans came out, and uh, I'll go through the, the defense uh, real quick here. Uh, for the unofficial depth chart, you see – um, you know, a couple things that stood out was the Danico Autry listed as the outside linebacker opposite Bud Dupree for the injured Harold Landry, which is uh, an interesting thing there. But that underlying starter, Roger McCreary, all rookies are underlined in the depth chart. But Roger McCreary on the unofficial depth chart for the Titans listed as the starter ahead of former first round pick Caleb Farley at corner. Is this a big deal, small deal or no deal, Zach? What's the chat saying on this? So, well, we, Cody brings up it's a small deal. Uh, Farley doesn't completely trust his knee yet, uh, and I think that hurt, hurts him. So, to Cody's point, I'll ask you, Austin, I mean, did you feel that that knee was a problem during training camp? I felt like that wasn't the report. Yeah, 0% uh, have anything to do with the knee. It's it's His knee is fine. I think he feels fine in his knee. So the ACL reconstructive surgery has zero impact on Caleb Farley not being a starter on the unofficial depth chart. Pierre says no deal. How many times will the Titans just use two cornerback packages? And so he's kind of going to rare the, the, the air game that is the NFL small deal only because he is a first round pick from John would be a no deal. If Fort Farley wasn't drafted so high should have been drafted Farley in the second round. So that's an opinion from John. Paulie D says, small deal. Caleb will have plenty of playing time to prove himself. Brian says, no deal because Farley ain't that guy. Farley won't see the field if and when Molden is healthy. So that, that's a strong opinion well, and there. We're going to have the Brian. injury report come out this afternoon for the first time to see what is going on with Elijah Molden, if anything. Adam goes glass half full, big deal in a good way, shows how much talent and potential there is at cornerback because of what Roger McCreary has done. Bobby says, small deal. I would have expected Farley to be ready, but I also think McCreary came in and stole the job. Big deal coming in from Chandler because Farley is a first-round draft pick, expected to be the top guy. David says, big deal. Major says, big deal. G-Man says, big deal for now. Bryson says big deal. So there's uh, there's probably more big deals, but there's a sprinkle of small deals like Stanley saying Farley will still get tons of playing time, kind of the multiple right. cornerback uh, theory. Where do you reside on this, Austin? Yeah, this is tough because there's a positive aspect of it and a ne negative narrative about Caleb Farley. I think it's a small deal overall as you kind of weigh everything. 
with it. I think the positive thing is that Roger McCreary is really good. And while he's a, still a rookie, but you drafted a guy at 35 overall that left most people scratching their head on draft night. Uh, but Roger McCreary can play. And that's a good thing. You just need more corners who can play. Caleb Farley is still in development mode as a corner. Roger McCreary has played way more games at corner than Caleb Farley has in his career, even though Farley's a second-year NFL player. He just hasn't played that much. I think Jay, I watched James Foster's A to Z film room break down the Caleb Farley that came out earlier this week, and Farley had, like, what, 34 pass coverage snaps last season before getting hurt, and he was targeted nine times. Like, so it's just not a lot of opportunity. He's basically a rookie coming off of two seasons where he had injuries because he sat out his last college season too. And he was a wide receiver when he got to Virginia tech. So it's a small deal for me. I still like the upside that Caleb Farley has a lot. And to me, this is great because the Titans will have at some point three really, well, if you count Elijah Molden, four really good young corners, four really talented young corners in Fulton, McCreary, Farley, and Molden. So I think it's a small deal overall. I still think it's fine. I People who are writing off Caleb Farley right now as a bust are acting irrationally. That doesn't mean that Caleb Farley will, will or won't be a bust, but saying him he's a bust right now is not the smartest thing for you to do. No, I don't think you can say he's a bust, but I think this is a big deal yeah, you could go uh, glass half full with, you know, they got gr- really good corners now. That was a great draft pick by Roger McCreary. McCreary's still a rookie, right? He still hasn't played meaningful snaps in the NFL because he has yet to play a regular season game. I think it's a big deal because of the threat. And I'm going to be very poignant with my words. The threat of Caleb Farley becoming an unfortunate situation. We've seen a lot of unfortunate situations in the NFL. Jay Clocker yeah. was an unfortunate situation, right? Yep. Wouldn't you classify him as that? Yep. Th- there's been plenty of guys that have been unfortunate situations. It wasn't his lack of love of football. It wasn't his his lack of ability or size or attributes or reason why the Titans drafted him but it's just because of a set of circumstances that we've all talked about, which is injury history, which is stacking up. He doesn't get the grace of getting injured this year. And in football, as Mike Vrabel eloquently says, 100% of the time you are going to get hurt. 100% of the time, if you play any amount of football for any amount of time, it's just what the game yields. That I think is why it's a big deal. If he would have won this job, I would feel better about the threat of him becoming an unfortunate situation. Yeah, another unfortunate situation is Jack Conklin, right? That It's a different type, because, but it's still an unfortunate situation because of the timing that Jack Conklin got hurt in his with his two separate injuries of not being able to pick up the fifth-year option because of injuries and then not being able to afford $20 million for a right tackle when you just paid your left tackle 80. So I think that's... uh, It forces the franchise to make, and this is why the fifth-year option is there, right? If It gives the franchise the leverage, but it 
also forces them to make a tough decision based on history. And you don't always make the right decision in that call. Well, and so uh, Chad brings this up, and I want to pump the brakes on the reaction to this comment before I even bring it up. But Chad says, do you let Fulton walk if Farley develops? I mean, no, you don't want to let your best players walk even if you have somebody behind them. You'd rather pay your guy rather than trust an unknown most times. But it definitely gives you insurance, right? Like Because Christian Fulton will get paid quite a bit, and he's a really good player. And he's going into what year four? Who? Christian Fulton's going into year three. Christian yeah. Fulton's going into year three. So you still got some time on this. Uh, but again, you have insurance of McCreary and Farley, who are cheaper, younger players with more time left on their contracts. So yeah, it's it's not you let Christian Fulton walk if Farley develops. You try to keep all of them if Caleb Farley develops. Yeah, and look, on Roger McCreary, the guy who's on the graphic, he earned that job. I mean, his training camp, I thought, was superb. You you heard a lot of positive things from Roger McCreary from the start to the finish, and now we restart to start the season to see if he can do that against the big boys, right? That's kind of the difference, right? When you, at some point in time, McCreary is going to have to guard Devontae Adams on one play against the Las Vegas Raiders. How are you going to do against the best or one of the best wide receivers in the league? I know Roger McCray will most likely approach it with uh press man coverage <laughs> just because that's what he does. Right. But Devontae <laughs> Adams has seen that before. <laughs> yep. Oh, and he's probably the best at getting off the line press of scrimmage against coverage. press man coverage, but yeah. that's what Roger McCray does. And uh, as a DB, <laughs> no fears, no fears as a corner. Uh, in the NFL, and Roger definitely has that. A to Z Sports here live um, on the show. Is there with anything else that stood out from the depth chart? I know uh, we talked about the defense uh, here. You know, what was your thoughts about the Danico Autry being the outside linebacker replacement for Harold Landry, Zach, or anything else that stood out to you uh, when it comes to the, the depth chart on defense? Well, I, I think what they did is they value their – I mean, Danico Autry is a better football player than Rashad Weaver, right? I mean, he pay, he's paid more. He has more experience. So I think they'd rather have Danico Autry on the field. And I thought that was probably telling to me, but I don't think it's indicative of snap, snap counts or what they're going to do on a consistent basis. I think Weaver is going to be on it in on the rotation. I think he's earned some playing time and they're going to have to replace Harold Landry. I mean, that's just the facts. Well, yeah. And, and I look at this again with the, the defensive depth chart. Uh, and I see, you know, Demarcus Walker, my guess is, or Tier Tart, right? Here's my thought, Zach. If the Titans need four pass rushing bodies uh, on third and passing, right? It's going to be Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Danico Autry, and Rashad Weaver. Like those four are going to be getting after the passer, uh, regardless if Demarcus Walker's listed as a starter or if Tier Tart's listed as your starting nose tackle. Those guys will be more first and second down players uh, heavily. And then, you know, when you're in a passing situation, Danico Autry might slide inside. Tier Tart hits the sideline. Rashad Weaver comes in. You take Demarcus Walker out for an extra DB or whatever that looks like. So you've got 
a lot of flexibility. And uh, G-Man says, so Autry is fine, right? Good to go. That's what he told the media on Monday. He said he was good to go, ready to go for week one. And again, uh, the official first uh, injury report comes out this afternoon after uh, Wednesday's practice. So we'll know if Autry's listed on the injury report at all uh, and also know something about Elijah Molden there too. Wasn't he wearing a club? Last week, there was a uh, on the practice, the only practice day the media was out there because Harold Landry got hurt. Uh, he had a wrap, some type of wrap club on one of his hands. But, you know, we'll find out today too if if they've got, um, if he's out there at practice with a club on his hand. Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I'm excited about this Giants game. You know, no week one games can't be trap games necessarily, but, you know, Titans expected to win this game based on what the Giants and, and Daniel Jones has done and some of the injuries that they've had just in the last couple of weeks, plus being at home, all of these things. You know, the Titans are an experienced, previous number one seed in the AFC. They should come in here and take care of business, but they're going to have to contain some some guys named Saquon Barkley, and and their defense is not terrible. I mean, the the Giants, I think they've they they've improved a little bit, but they need to come in there and take care of business. And I think it will go a long way. And and here's what the NFL has done: Week one is more like Week one of college football, where you have some slow starts because guys haven't played, like Derrick Henry hasn't played a single snap. Ryan Tannehill hasn't played a single snap in the preseason. There are guys that are like that. How can you get off to a fast start and take advantage of maybe the atmosphere at home, get off to a lead, and then settle in to what your game plan is? And then the last thing that we'll talk about over the next several days leading up to kickoff, because we do have our pregame, halftime, and postgame show Mm -hmm. on deck for you on Sunday afternoon, and that is, Tim Kelly, the impact of Tim Kelly. Everybody thinks, I feel like that is a, a Titans fan that we've seen in the chat, is that Tim Kelly is the next, you know, coming, the Lord and Savior. What impact is he going to have on this passing game? And is is the, the wide receivers, combined with Ryan Tannehill's, you know, pressure, are they going to rise to the occasion and get back to closer to 2020? Because that was a dynamic season in the passing game. I've got some bonus shade before we actually get to our throwing shade segment. It has to do with Tim Kelly. The Titans will not let Tim Kelly speak to the media this season. Because he's not a, I mean, he's a passing game coordinator, coordinator. but he's not officially an offensive coordinator. Right. But, but all the assistant coaches talk to the media every so often, but not Tim Kelly. Like all the position coaches talk, but not Tim Kelly. I mean, he's a, and the guy, like I watched him nearly every training camp practice. He was working with the tight ends when they were in individual group uh, with Luke Steckel. And then they would go in and Tim Kelly would be up there with Todd Downing. But like, and Nick says, is Jim Schwartz still, still with the Titans? Yeah. Jim Schwartz is still a like senior defensive assistant, but he's also off limits to the media. The media can't talk to Jim Schwartz or Tim Kelly who are kind of like the advisors to the coordinators on both sides of the ball, but nobody can ask him a question because for whatever wrinkle the Titans found in the NFL rules to hide Tim Kelly and Jim Schwartz away from the media, they're using that and they're using it like freaking pros. Uh, that's, that's a variable thing. They're, they're pretty good at 
hiding and maneuvering and saying what you can and cannot do. That's again, it's Belichick. I blame it all on Belichick. Belichick is the reason why Vrabel is the way that he is in some degree, right? Vrabel is more personable and, and has better days. I feel like, I feel like Belichick, his bad days are a lot worse. They're not as angry, but they are short and all right, we're going to get nothing out of Belichick, but I, it's it's the Saban stuff. Really great coaches like to hide their players and certain coaches as they please, and this is no different. Yep. A to Z Sports here live on this Wednesday. It is time for shade. I think I saw Orlando saying, it. oh, no, Jarrell. Jarrell says, I'm ready for shade. So let's get this thing going with throwing shade. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. It is a quick trip down I-40 exit 236, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Palisade you see at the bottom of your screen, you see that sleek, brand-new, full-size SUV with third-row seating. That is the Palisade. That can be yours at a great price. Payne Bone, family-owned and operated. He owns Wilson County Hyundai. He has hooked uh, Austin and I. We've test-driven most of these cars. They're awesome. They're sleek, and they've got all the bells and whistles, whether it's the Sonata, which is the four-door sedan, the Ionic, which is battery-powered, or the Tucson and Santa Fe, which is a little bit smaller SUV. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. You can go online and look at their inventory, or they can order a vehicle right from the site. You just got to contact them. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. All right, don't forget, when you download the BetMGM app, use our code ATOZ Sports to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with your first bet. Also, if you're already using the BetMGM app with A to Z Sports, uh, you get Major League Baseball one-game parlay insurance, which means anytime you place a Major League Baseball one-game one parlay of four legs or more, you get up to 25 bucks back when you fall just that one pesky leg short with BetMGM's Major League Baseball one-game parlay insurance. <laughs> Throwing shade here on this Wednesday. So if you've got your shade, hit us with it. Uh, Zach, uh, you want to go to the chat and then I'll let you start. You said you were sifting through a lot of shade. So I don't know if we're going to have a shade sandwich situation or if you're just going to pick one and stick with it. Uh, but no, I'll let you I'm go gonna, to the chat. I'm going to pick one. I've, okay. uh, I'm going to pick one. Um, let's see. Zach says, throwing shade on traffic in Nashville outside of downtown. One car broke down, 45 minutes delay. And it was in Nashville this past weekend. Yeah, that is that's always no fun. Uh, shade on ACL. I think Maven is. Uh, I think he's insinuating the Harold Landry uh, injury, which is not fun. Shade on Ticketmaster fees. Insanity. They will jack you up at checkout. They're notorious for doing that. Cody says shade on every Titans fan that thinks uh, you should get rid of Lawan. I feel like those have kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, Lou Man says that they they look it's the first game of the season. Probably the Juan's worst moment playing was against the Arizona Cardinals in Week One last year, but he yep. has rebounded since then. And when you don't talk about the offensive line, that's a good thing. And I don't, I don't think we've really talked much about Vrabel this coming season. Let's see here. Shade uh, on the NFL yet again for throwing Jerome Bogar to the Titans in week one. He will be the referee, yeah. so you're going to kind of get through that. Paul D says, shade on his landlord, raised rent $550, no rent control in Florida. That's just cruel. 
I hope it's no just five fifty for the whole year and not five fifty for the month. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what Polly's situation. I, I hope it's uh, that's five fifty over twelve months, just for your sake. That would be. I'd be curious. Nick says shade on heart attacks. Friend oh. from college died of one yesterday morning in his sleep. Was just forty three. Rest mm. in peace to Paradise Sean. Nick, uh, we're with you. We we, we hate that um, for you and your friend and. Uh, that kind of gives you a, a reason to go get a health assessment at, and get a better health plan at Farmer yeah. Health Plans because uh, you need to get checked out right there. Let's see. Johnny says shade on the Titans for not having clear audio for press conferences. Tiffany yeah. says shade on everybody at Good Morning Football except for Kyle Brandt for picking Indy in the playoffs. Kyle Brandt is pretty notorious for doing that. Uh, Mark says shade on Vols Media for Hypel's press conferences being disrespectful. Calling Josh and not addressing this coach. Okay. All right. Let's let's <laughs> pause. Let's pause here. Mark, like <laughs> media, they have like people talk to Mike Vrabel calling him Mike. Like it's like you work together. I there's respect there, but it's they have relationships. Like it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Mark. That's just such a uh outsider type thing to say it's just not how it works there so Jarrell was ready for shade and coincidentally my shade is the same as Jarrell's shade which is oh, this no, guy that was gonna be my shade is this guy well i mean we can have a we can i i, I think we'll allow this and I didn't know that because we didn't talk about shade. No, you didn't we didn't know that because we didn't talk about shade. And I didn't know Jarrell shade was going to be Brian Kelly. My here is my two cents on Brian Kelly. This man left Notre Dame <laughs> to go to LSU and expected his life to be easier, especially because of what Ed Orgeron had done to the program the last couple of years. Like I. I, I've never liked Brian Kelly. I think he's an SOB. I think most people think that. I think LSU fans were excited to have a good coach. Brian Kelly is a good coach. I mean, he he wins football games. You win at Notre Dame, I think that is impressive. They were consistently top five. They're consistently top ten. They consistently got, you know, beat up in the big games when it came to the college football playoff and bowl games, big six games. But – what he has done from when he was hired at LSU to yesterday, <laughs> I mean, or Monday, I guess, I, shade on Brian Kelly. I hope that he gets roasted. And now, here's the next thing. Now that Brian Kelly is in the SEC, you're now going to have other SEC teams and fans start to pile on you, not just LSU. So welcome to the Southeastern Conference as they say, it just means more. Yeah, so I've actually heard good things about Brian Kelly, uh, but he did not do himself any favors uh, with how they lost that game. And then what the he said. The fake accent? The fake accent. I mean, I could go. I'm not going to. I've talked to somebody who who is who knows how the reaction happened to that. And Brian Kelly took that in stride and continued to make fun of himself for what he did in that moment and which was a human like that. He react. I, for how I know how Brian Kelly reacted to the fake, my family accent thing. Uh, I, I think you can kind of let that go, but it's the fact of how we, they lost the game 
and then how he threw the players under the bus in the post-game press conference. Well, of, halftime press conference to start. Yeah, that, well, but how they lost the game with the special teams thing. Uh, we need to know how to finish and how what it takes to win. And, and you know, uh, we haven't bought into that yet or some things like that. And then uh, his, his comments to the media yesterday when apparently the media was late to a press conference, which I doubt was the media's fault because I've, I've never seen the media late to a press conference. Uh, but he said, you know, maybe we'll find you guys $10 for being late to a press conference and we'll put it in a jar and we'll have a big party at my place afterwards with that, uh, with the, with the fine money. And then somebody in the back just said, maybe if you win, uh, we'll Who show up one that? time. I don't know, but the rocks on that person. I think it was a female too. It was a hard, <laughs> it was hard to hear that comment. You just needed subtitles to catch it. Uh, but again, like just really strange the way that happened. And like, you can't lose that game that way. You can't. Well, they didn't deserve to win. Right. But sure. the opportunity that was given to them over and over and over again with, you know, the muff punt and then the fumble and then driving down and then the last second. Right. And you know, Jason Taylor's son got out of bounds just at the right time. Here was the other thing. And now we're talking college football, but at the end of that game, the referee misspoke. He should not say that LSU has one more play. That's not the rule. The clock should have started on the whistle. And if the time would have run out, they wouldn't have had one more play. Yeah. So look, first game of the season, I'll give some grace, but Brian Kelly is making a mess of LSU early and that usually doesn't end well. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Johnny Lee says fake accent and his horrendous attempt at trying to dance in the preseason promo. So here's a here's a kind of a shade of myself. I was at a wedding two weekends ago, and you, the Brian Kelly like dancing with a recruit thing with like the spinning camera. The wedding reception had one of those. And oh yeah, well, it's a thing now. It's a thing now. And now and afterwards, I was like, damn it. Why didn't like my wife and I try to recreate the Brian Kelly like fake dance or bad dancing thing? We did some other like you know I spun her or whatever and did like what we were doing. But I was like, oh, it'd been so good if I was like trying to mimic Brian Kelly's dancing and she was the recruit. Like that would have been so good that we could have posted of like a side by side. But you know, in the moment, I did not exactly think of content while I was of Brian Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> I right. try to think of Brian Kelly as less as I can, but now he's creeping into my oh. life, right? I mean, he he's doing this. I'm not. Yeah, I just missed out. Always got to have content on the mind or you miss out on something like that. All right, so because my shade was also going to be Brian Kelly, I will throw shade um, at this, this preseason cold that I can't shake. I'm trying to get rid of this thing because the season's going to hit on Sunday and it's a long season for us of 17 weeks of the NFL of games and the Titans and game day shows and all this. And I can't start this thing off with being a little bit under the weather. So I'm working my ass off to get healthy by the time week one kicks off. So I don't allow this cold to hit me over the last week to bleed into the year and then just have it stack up, stack up, stack up. So that is my shade because of my makeup shade there, but I, I got to get rid of this crap. It's driving I want to bring up John's shade because uh, that's kind of rocked the news over the last several days. Sean says, uh, or John, excuse me, says throwing shade on criminals, kidnapping a woman in Memphis 
running in the early morning, women can't enjoy their, their lives freely. And that is a, I mean, a very terrible, sad situation. I know people that uh, knew that, that woman that uh, passed away. I think that had been reported yesterday. Um, the guy that, that is accused of it uh, has history and yeah, that is shade, shade on criminals that would think about kidnapping or killing or doing any of that type of stuff, regardless of the situation or regardless of where you reside. We should live in a safe world. We don't, but we should. Shade on criminals that make, um, I don't know, our lives more of a threat. Uh, we shouldn't live in fear. We should live in happiness. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that that woman uh, running in the early mornings, it didn't sound like it, it ended well. So uh, thinking about that, the family and anybody that knows her, that's a that's a really tough situation to read about and to follow over the last several days. And you're seeing a lot of social media uh, campaigning of finish her run. And so I think there's a lot of people on Friday are going to go out and just run for her, which is a pretty powerful movement. But I also saw this morning where the Knoxville Police Department arrested and charged a man for attacking uh, and assaulting a woman in downtown Knoxville who was out on a jog yesterday morning. Oh, wow. So, and they arrested him. Luckily there were people around. She was running in the market square area of downtown Knoxville, which is, you know, there are people out in the morning around those apartments and businesses. So luckily some bystanders were able to come to her aid and help her and, and get this guy arrested and charged with it. But I saw that I was like, like, really? It's like it, from, you know, just what happened last week and that you do that, it, it happens again across the state, you know, Tuesday morning. It's ridiculous. You know what they come up with? You know, I, I got a like a Fitbit watch. Now it's going to have bear spray in it, right? Where you can Spider-Man somebody. They come in here, bear spray them. But you shouldn't have to do that. No. Uh, but unfortunately. Well, it, and I, you see a lot of like, you know, Facebook friends who, you know, I saw uh, a girl that we know. Uh, who works out in the morning and she was like, you know, it's the same thing. If you go through the parking lot uh, with your, your fists clenched and the keys in your hand in a way that you never know what's going to happen. You walk into the gym and there's just a bunch of guys and people in there that didn't have to think about that. And it's something that I didn't have to think about until unfortunate situations like this, where it pops back up. So uh, pretty, pretty uh, awful. But yeah, I'm, I agree with John Shane on shame on criminals and, and people that, uh, even have the thought of kidnapping somebody and making sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, how we're going to wrap up this Wednesday show, but we'll be back tomorrow morning on a Thursday, which is NFL game day. Also buck rising live tonight, A to Z sports prime time. And uh, we'll have injury reports uh, later on today. So check out a to Z sports.com for injury reports later on, or, or any of our Titans vols or NFL coverage at a to Z sports.com. Make sure you follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Titans Practice on the Field Today. We'll have coverage of that later on on the YouTube channel as well. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Appreciate it as always. Adios.